Hello, and welcome to the Living My Resilient Life podcast. Be prepared for funny cat anecdotes as well as stories near and dear to my heart. My name is Caitlin Roller, and I can't wait to share my experiences of living life with resilience. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this. I hope that you're having a good day. Uh, Currently, I am recording in my tiny little, it's not even really a second bedroom it's like a study room technically when we were filling out our application for the apartment and I've got a Lucy sitting right on my desk ready to go so you'll probably hear some noises from her today but anyways I wanted to thank everyone who listened to I believe it was episode five of the living my resilient life podcast oh there was a squeak from PJ who came to join us she wanted to also thank you all I've got some really nice messages and people reaching out saying how much they connected with um, what that looked like to leave teaching and how I found my way into the current role that I do have as a software instructor Uh, today I kind of want to take a little bit of that and go into burnout and a little bit of also focusing on how we can do with those stress and stressors because of course a large part of why I left teaching is because I felt so burnt out stressed and I wasn't taking care of myself the way I needed to Um, and I was curious about not curious but (laughs) I got distracted by PJ's meows which by the way this feral cat of ours doesn't actually meow she makes little squeaks I don't really know why, but we think it's because she was an outdoor cat. And so growing up there, I think she just learned to meow from the birds outside. So if you ever hear a weird squeak, it's probably her. Uh, She got me off track though. Dang it, PG. Um, What I was going to say is I wasn't sure how to best articulate talking about burnout and stress because obviously that can look different for everyone depending on what that stress is and how your body reacts. Um, But I actually went ahead and and finished, words are tricky today, I actually taught all day um, in my job. So if I miss a few words here and there, I'm going to blame that and not my inability to apparently form a sentence. But I read the book, it's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. It's by Emily and I'm so afraid I'm going to butcher her last name, Nagosaki, N-A-G-O-S-K-I, and her sister Amelia, they wrote this book, um, and it was copyrighted in 2019, so it's fairly recent, even though 2019 only seems like yesterday, Um, but it's all about um, identifying burnout and how we can release that stress that we are currently holding on to and probably still are holding on to. Um, There was a lot in this book that I personally really felt like I connected to and it was one of those things where I'm hearing it as a 27 year old being like oh my gosh now I understand that makes more sense oh that's so well articulated and I finished this book probably about a week ago or so and it has still stuck with me so that makes me feel like I should be sharing it with other people and why not on my podcast (laughs) so I'm gonna be really focusing a lot on um, how to know if we're burned out what we can do about that stress and stressors and what that means to complete the cycle. All of these things are going to be referenced from that book. I actually am currently holding it. So if you hear me flipping pages, I'm probably trying to find that quote. 
Um, and I did look up right before I got on to record what that means for me to like link something for a podcast. I know in my last episode, I was not really sure <laughs> what the actual term was for that. And it is called the podcast show notes. So like when you click on a podcast episode and it gives you that description, I try to put in links to those things that I'm referencing there. Um, just because I know for myself who I listen to podcasts almost every day, if um, I want to find something later on, um, that is the best way I'm going to find that. Otherwise, it's just going to go one ear in one ear and one out the other. Wow, words really are hard today. I'm blaming it on the teaching. Anyways, um, I'm going to go ahead and actually just kind of start out with how to know if you are burned out. And this is actually covered um, before the like actual page numbers, I should have looked this one up, but like that little like interlude or prefix before um, like page one, where you get a little bit of background and detail from the author um, pertaining to what you might be reading about. Not every book does this, but um, they mentioned, and by they, I mean the authors Emily and Amelia um, talked about what that means, that word burned out. We hear it all the time. Um, I know that I've used that word more times than I can count when referencing the world of education and just kind of the world of 2022 right now. I'll be totally honest, but they defined it as, and I'm literally put it in quotation marks. So it was defined in three components and they coined that, or they did not coin that, but Herbert Frudenberger coined it in 1975 so burnout has been around for way too long but there are three different components we have emotional exhaustion depersonalization and decreased sense of accomplishment so i'm going to actually flip to that page right now just so i can give a little bit more detail um emotional exhaustion i'm reading straight from the book right now the fatigue that comes with caring too much for too long depersonalization uh, depleting of empathy, caring, compassion, and then decreased sense of accomplishment, an unconquerable sense of futility, feeling that nothing you do makes any difference. So if you are somebody who even just based on those three things, they're just a general overall that incorporate a couple of those components. But if any of those kind of connected with you, burnt out is probably a word in your vocabulary. They even state here that about 20 to 30% of teachers in America have moderately high to high levels of burnout. And even with medical professionals, the burnout can be as high as 52%. Um, A lot of that research that they're referencing there does come uh, for people who help people. So that research would be things like doctors, nurses, um, teachers, and so forth. Basically, if your job is to help other people, you're depleting so much of yourself so that you can help others um, get better. So it's kind of like that idea um, of you can't pour from an empty cup. You're pouring so much of yourself to somebody else. And I I mean, I'm not even on page one yet, and I was reading this book being like, I'm going to finish this really quick. <laughs> um, but when you are burned out, I think what's really hard is as a society, we focus on go, 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 get so much done. But like, that's not good for you. <laughs> you know, I think everyone that we know is kind of on that train of trying to do so much that 
Unfortunately, that means a lot of us aren't taking care of ourselves, and that's really hard. And I'm here to tell you, as I'm sure you've seen all over social media too, that it's okay to rest, completely okay to rest. It's your body's natural progression of kind of helping deal with that stress, which leads me into um, the next part. Directly quoted from them, um, Emily and Amelia, just because you've dealt with the stressor does not mean that you've dealt with the stress itself. So they break those two words down, uh, stress and stressor, as stress being the neurological and physiological shift in your body due to external stressors. So that's like how your body is exhibiting that stress, like increased heart rate, um, I guess a mind that is completely just a racing wheel. Um, I mean, we everyone knows what stress feels like in their own body. It can be different for everyone, but you know it when you feel it. And then the stressors are what are activating those stress responses. So things that you can hear, smell, touch, taste, imagine. For example, work, money, family, cultural norms, any of that would be the stressors. So what they were saying with that quote was, just because you've dealt with work, money, family, so forth, doesn't mean you've dealt with the stress itself. So for me, I noticed that was a big factor I think it was after my first year of teaching. Um, I, I, what was I doing? I had just finished up my entire first year teaching down in Texas. I graduated college. I'd moved down here. Everything I've been doing up until this point has been doing my first year of teaching. So, you know, of course I was going to run into stress. Stress like, oh, I don't really know everything that I'm doing at my job. Everything is brand new to me very humbling experience. Uh, you know, I've moved thousands of miles away from all my family and friends. That would be stressful. Um, oh, Hurricane Harvey, definitely stressful. Um, trying to get my own apartment and actually try to be an adult who does their taxes without calling their dad four times, which I still struggle with even now. <laughs> so I guess that didn't go away. But basically, there was always something that I could attribute to my stress or my, I guess, those stressors that um, Amelia and Emily are talking about. And it wasn't until the summer that I realized how bad it had gotten. I just remember, you know, the summer as a teacher is you're free. You don't have to be doing things. I mean, of course, many of us do to prep for the next year, but generally speaking, you're not showing up to your job nine to five, so on and so forth. Um, and so I had all this free time, therefore less stress, or at least that's kind of what I would have assumed. I'd always been working in the summers, a uh, camp counselor, working at a movie theater. I had been doing things during the summer. And so I just had always been go, go, go. So I just was like, yeah, I'm busy. That's stress. And that summer, when I didn't have anything to do, when I'd finally accomplished that goal of doing my first year of teaching, when I thought that I would be free from stress, was actually when I struggled the worst with my mental health. Um, I really noticed my anxiety and depression take a huge down, downward slide. Um, and you might be thinking, as I did for a really long time, well, why am I, why am I so 
stressed out and why am I so anxious and why do I just feel this like overwhelming feeling of like that decreased self sense of accomplishment that burnout that you know there's so many different words that we can use but I know that I wasn't feeling like I wanted to as I wish I did I felt bad <laughs> just felt bad um and so that is when I decided to finally go ahead and admit maybe I need a little bit of help and that was the summer that I finally sought help through therapy uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which I've talked about previously in the past, but I'm always open, um, open to sharing my experience, advocating, and of course, destigmatizing um, what that means to talk with a therapist and if need be, find some medication to help as well, um, which I'm also on. Again, I'm an open book on these things, uh, partly because I'm such a chatterbox, which works because I'm a teacher and I have a podcast. So, you know, it be what it be. But going back to that stress and that stressor that I was mentioning, um, part of this too was I wasn't dealing with the stress. My stressor wasn't there, i.e. school, work, uh, just living my adult life, (laughs) as anyone knows, is stressful. But I wasn't dealing with that stress. And so that brings me in to that next part. There is, I mean, the entire book says the secret to unlocking the stress cycle. And so the way they describe it is, oh, and you know what? There's a really good example. And I'm going to use it exactly from that book because I don't think I could put it any better myself. Um, They say an example, let's say you're running from a lion (laughs) when you are, when that lion is struck by lightning. I kid you not, that's exactly what this book says. Um, you turn, you see the lion is no longer there to be chasing you, and you stop. Your heart's still pounding, your eyes are still darting in search of a threat, your body still wants to run, fight, hide, cry. That threat might have been dealt with, quote-unquote, but you still are left feeling that need to do something to let your body know you're safe. So that stress response cycle needs to be completed, and just eliminating that stressor isn't enough. So the example they give, if I'm continuing um, that lion example and you're running away, maybe you run back to the group of people you're with and you're jumping up and down so excited that you are no longer being chased by a lion and you're cheering and you're celebrating or you're just, you know, freaking out because you were chased by a lion, but some way of like releasing that. So you that threat is gone and now by jumping up and down and um, speaking with other people and celebrating and all of that you're kind of releasing that stress right Uh, and so that would be kind of your quote-unquote releasing of some of that stress and I'm trying to read a really good part in here we basically, they're saying you have to do something that signals your body that you're safe or let, otherwise you're going to stay in that state of panic. I need to run away from this lion. You'll never shift into that realization. So your entire, like, what are they saying here? Immune system, uh, your cardiovascular system, digestive system, never have the signal that they're safe. So it's like you're, you might logically understand that there's no lion, but your body's still freaking out. And so sometimes you're holding on to stress for so long, even though the stress has been dealt with, kind of like me, when I finished my first year of teaching, that quote unquote lion teaching, whatever that may be for anyone, was gone. 
but I hadn't released that stress. And so they say that, you know, it can be different for anyone, but some of the best ways to complete the cycle are, and I'll list the following, but do what works for you. Most efficient way, exercise. And you already knew I was going to say that because you probably hear that all the time. I mean, I know that exercise is good for me, yet do I procrastinate doing it or skip workouts altogether? 1000%. But really, it is the best way to help bring down that stress. And you know you do feel better when you're done, even if you're just lying on the floor in a sweaty puddle, cursing at everything around you. You still feel better. Um, Breathing is a huge one. That's something I've gotten better with. I find when I'm really stressed, I will be holding my breath or breathing a little bit quicker. Even just taking like five long deep breaths really lowers my heart rate and blood pressure. It is incredible what that does. And I know there's lots of different things that you can use for breathing. Um, I always talk about headspace, which I do believe is still going to be free for teachers. I posted about it a few episodes back, but I'll link headspace down below if you haven't already. Highly recommend. Um, Positive social interaction. When you're on a phone call or FaceTime with some of your best friends, when you're talking and sharing experiences with people you love, brings down the stress, brings down that cycle. Laughter, you know, those really good belly aches that leave you almost like gasping for air. Super wonderful way to complete that cycle. Also, I haven't used the word super in forever. Uh, Hugs, just getting a really good hug from someone you care about. Your body is just going to relax. You might notice that in kids if they're kind of at that part of the meltdown where they're starting to unwind and you just start holding them. You can feel their muscles relax in your hands. That's them completing that stress cycle. Crying. I mean, it's not pretty. I don't really think there's a lot of pretty criers. I myself, not a pretty crier, but it feels so good when you're done. And then you sleep well. I don't know what that is. Probably because you release that stress. And things like music, art, storytelling, for me, podcasting, writing. Um, Again, that's a long list within itself, but it's probably even longer and it depends on that person. And you know that you've completed that cycle for, and this is the part where it gets a little tricky. That's why I wanted to talk about burnout and stress and all of that before, but I couldn't find the right words because again, it's so different for everyone. The best way that they described it is kind of like a gear shift. Like when you're riding a bike, something kind of clicks and it gets a little bit easier for you. For some people, that's a lot more obvious. Like they can almost feel that gear shifting. And for others, it's a little bit trickier or they locate it in a different way. Um, For example, like a shift in your mood, mental state, physical tension. You're fine. You're not as tense. Your shoulders aren't up to your ears. You're not clenching your jaw as much. You're breathing a little bit more deeply. Your thoughts are more relaxed. Um, And something that they stressed there was that it could take a while. You know, it's not going to be a one workout. I can't do 10 jumping jacks and then my stress is gone. Otherwise, I'd be doing 10 jumping jacks. Um, But they said it can take a while, especially if you've been holding on to a lot of stress. So in my situation, you know, I've been doing so much for so long to become a teacher. I'm thinking back to when I was a first year teacher. I was holding on to stress for a long time. It took me a while of of therapy and exercise and you know all of my different ways that I complete my cycle to kind of get a little bit more of a manageable 
hold on that um, and it takes some time but you know that you'll feel better than before if you were at an eight before maybe you're at a four now um, in terms of stress 10 being not good by the way uh, but it's just is gonna be a little bit at a time um, and I even now my gosh Lucy you're gonna knock over <laughs> She almost just knocked over the entire recording stuff. Oh, I love podcasting with my cats. Um, as I was saying, I even right now feel that I have not completed the cycle that was teaching during a pandemic, that was teaching this year. I'm happy that I made the choices that I did. There's Oliver jumping onto my table, switching spots, and disrupting me, as always. Thank you, buddy. Um, I myself feel that I haven't completed that cycle. Um, I'm really glad that I took that time to figure out that I needed to step away from teaching, and I made that decision to step into a new career for the time being. Um, but, you know, it wasn't like, yes, that stressor was gone, but I still feel very anxious and stressed out, which is weird because what was causing me the stress isn't here, but I can tell I'm not where I would have liked to be having eliminated that stressor. And it's not necessarily because of my job or any other factors. That's what's really frustrating about this situation is, and I'm sure many people can relate, but you feel that you should be feeling one way and you're not, and it frustrates you that you aren't where you want to be in terms of your emotional well-being or physical well-being or whatever that is for each of you. Um, And I even, as I'm podcasting today, know that I need to do a better job of completing that cycle. Uh, But that's another reason that I wanted to share it with you because I also don't have it figured out. But I know by sharing about the things that I've learned can help other people who might be feeling like I am right now and maybe we can kind of hold each other accountable to do those things it's easy for me to list out how to complete that cycle and it's another thing to do that work but I think feeling better is better than feeling very stressed out and anxious and I think everyone would agree with me on that um and there is a part two where it says signs to deal with the stress Um, even if that means ignoring the stressor. So you might be in a situation where you're not in a place that you can, um, I guess, trying to think of how I best want to say this. You might be in a place where you can't change what your stressor is right now. Work, family, money, those are not things that can be easily changed and some of these things just can't be changed. It just is what it is. So then you've got to be dealing with that stress. And so she listed, she, they, Amelia and Emily listed out a couple different ways to kind of help indicate that you need to be dealing with that stress. Even if you have to ignore that stressor, even if you're in a position where you can change the stressor, you have so much stress that's been built up that you have to handle that first before you can deal with whatever it is that's causing you stress. So example, repeatedly doing like 
pointless things over and over and over again, like a broken record or engaging in self-destructive behaviors. So if you've got obsessive thoughts that are going around and around and around, picking, fiddling, um, self-destructive behaviors, we can all identify with what those might be. Those kind of things, repeatedly doing it over and over and over again, is like your mind is kind of skipping on a broken record, unable to get itself back on track. Um, uh, Brene Brown actually kind of coined this term chandeliering. And so she defines that as like an eruption. It's kind of like when you just erupt, you explode. You have this overwhelming feeling of pain that just can't be held anymore. And it, it's like a full-blown just explosion. Um, I'm picturing right now uh, lava coming out of a volcano when I say that. But that's kind of how that feels. And depending on the situation, your eruption might feel totally out of proportion. Like, you know, you drop... Um, you drop a spoon on the ground and you just burst into tears or something happens and it was like your last straw and you just explode. So it might be out of proportion to what's currently happening, but it's not out of proportion to what you're feeling currently. Those feelings are definitely real. The spoon that you've dropped, that's okay, but you got to help deal with yourself too. Uh, big one, feeling stuck. So for example, if you are feeling stuck and you're almost like hiding from your life so you're staying in bed all weekend you're getting home and just watching tv all day to not deal with things you just need to kind of stop what you're doing you're stuck that's a huge one for me my mom noticed it too even when I was younger if I was staying there binge watching everything which hey don't get me wrong when stranger things came out definitely binge watched it but it's another one it's like that's all you're doing and you're not doing anything else hi Oliver He's up here meowing now because he wants food. Um, but that would be a big one that you need to deal with that stress. And then another one, how your body feels. If your body's feeling out of whack, if you're getting sick more often, if you've got infections that just keep coming back, your body will let you know. It's unfortunate, but true. Your body lets you know when you need to slow down. Um, right before my wedding, actually... <laughs> And this is a bad one. Some some people know about this. Not everybody knows about this. I actually had a fever um, like on the week of my wedding, right? Which, granted, very stressful time. But this is an example of how my body was letting me know I needed to slow down a little bit here. Um, I had like a fever. I had lost my voice. And it wasn't anything that was like contagious because I went and got tested for the flu, strep, um, COVID, all of it. And all of that came back negative, but here I am still sick. And I really had to like slow down, sleep, breathe, drink water. Basically, I'm a plant. I needed to <laughs> take care of myself like that. But that was a, a really big indication of my body saying, you're stressed out, you need to calm down a little bit. Um, but I mean, those are, those are, those are kind of the things that I wanted to share with you on that podcast today. And I know that I was doing a lot of reading and referencing of this book, but like I said, they just put it into such eloquent words. I mean, granted, you know, we do have a PhD and a DMA. Those are the, Emily is the PhD, Amelia is DMA. So they know what they're talking about. Um, and I will go ahead and put that link reference in the show notes. 
we're going to figure it out. It's going to be there, but I highly, highly recommend reading that um, if you at all were relating to anything I said today. And honestly, a lot of this information isn't going to be entirely new. Unfortunately, we've all been dealing with um, stress and burnout and stressors for years and years and years um that the big thing is there make sure you're completing that cycle and just kind of taking care of yourself i know it's easier said than done i myself need to do a better job of it like i've admitted but hopefully by sharing this um we'll be able to kind of better help ourselves again we don't we can't pour from an empty cup um i know i'm saying a lot of things that are feeling very cliche right now but It's true. It's true for a reason. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and feed Oliver. Otherwise, he's going to be out into the mic the whole time. And I know you didn't quite sign up for that. But I hope you do something today, tomorrow, the next day to help you complete that cycle and take care of yourself because you are incredibly important. And thanks for listening. Share with people who you think need to hear it. Let me know how you're completing that cycle. I'd love to hear more examples. I know there's more things out there and just have a wonderful rest of your day. 